On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, a shortened version today, bringing in a couple of familiar voices if you listen to this show regularly. Yeah, you'll know who they are. we got lots of stuff to talk about, from sexist Peloton ads, is it really sexist, to your truth, is it really truth? Lots of other things to talk about, too. Stick around. Enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Glad you're along. Uh, it is, I, I mean, I hope you are now fully sated with the Christmas spirit. You've got visions of elves and... I was going to say sugar plums dancing in your head. Is there anybody out there that actually knows what a sugar plum is? I mean, does anybody out there, we sing that song, we hear that song. Is there anybody who has actually seen a real sugar plum in their life ever? I think you have to go back to the early 1600s to have qualified to have been witness to an actual sugar plum, but maybe, maybe not. I've never come across one. I I honestly don't know what one is. Is it just a plum dipped in sugar? I do not know. Feel free to let me know. If you, I mean, if you are an expert in the art of sugar plumbing, it's probably a different thing. Sugar plumbing probably is not, that's, uh, that's a really nice plumber is what that, hey, sugar, come do my plumbing. I mean, I don't know. I'm, but hey, welcome to the Christmas season now that the tree is lit up and all the rest. We're glad you're here. I say we're, it's a shortened version of the show today. So just one hour. Only one hour today, so, you know, for better or for worse. Uh, the first segment of, this, of the show, as always, is brought to you exclusively by fox40shop.com for sport and for safety. It has to be fox40shop.com. Enter the promo code RADLEY at checkout and you will get 25% off your order. Got some special guests who are very, very familiar voices. I'll introduce them in just a moment for this hour in studio. But first, let me give you your quiz question. I got to work hard today to explain this properly because it's very easy when you understand what the heck it is I'm talking about. I just sometimes wonder if I'm explaining this correctly. What is the only number that when spelled out in English has as many letters as its value? Give you an example, like 13, spell out 13, there are eight letters. Well, that doesn't match up. There's eight letters. You want 13. So what is the only number that when spelled out in English has as many letters as the value of that number? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Those are the numbers to call if you can figure that one out today. I know it's Friday. I'm I'm, I'm making you do brain work. 905-645-3221, star 9900. Lorraine is in. Call Lorraine. Give her your name. Give her your guess. If the lines are ringing, hang tight. She will get to you as fast as she possibly can. Sorry for making you think. I know it's Friday at 7.09. We shouldn't be making anybody think. We should be doing all your thinking for you. Alas, this is your last time to have to use your brain before the weekend. Let me bring in, now we've got two people who are going to be in the studio. One is racing back if you're a police officer and you see his car driving by at 98 kilometers an hour. Please don't arrest him. We need him in studio. That's Ben Strawn, who you hear on here as my operator every night and also joining me. Another guy you hear on this station regularly, Will Erskine, who, you know, you hear Will operating for various shows. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for sticking around. You just operated on the whole Christmas tree thing. Yeah, uh, well, I ran the whole thing, 
Uh, that was all me, and I actually imitated Scott Thompson for the last hour of it. He lost his voice, so that was all just me doing my Thompson impression. So, and I'm a Will tired. is Will is so locked into the operator mindset that he was looking at the clock, telling yeah. me I had to go to a break <laughs> at seven oh nine for weather and traffic. This is the second hour. I yes, yes, yes. Not, hey, no weather. It's been and traffic a long day. Stuff. It has, but you know what? This is this is actually my. Last show until Christmas week because I'm going away for a couple of weeks. That's right. Got some vacation time. Haven't used it up. Year is coming to an end. Got to use it up. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get Ben in here. I'm going to get Will in here. We don't do this very often, but I want to get you guys on here and talk about a few things. Some serious, some less serious. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's go here because we just finished. How many hours was that on for? Was that since nine this morning? Yeah. Yeah, started off with Bill Kelly this morning and uh, then ran seven hours from noon onward. Okay, so it was a 10-hour Christmas Tree of Hope show. And by the way, if you're on the line trying to get through, hang in there. Lorraine will get to you as fast as she can. I know there's a bunch of lines that are lit up. Hang in. Um, like so a Christmas t- tree. It, yeah, exactly. 10 hours of Christmas Tree of Hope. It's very Christmassy around here. And look at this. The commercial is on right now that I wanted to ask you about, <laughs> or one of the commercials. There is a social media war raging right now about a Christmas commercial for Peloton. Now, if you have never seen it, Peloton is a an exercise bike. And the interesting part about this exercise bike is it comes with a basically a TV set, a giant iPad. Mm-hmm. And you subscribe and there are teachers who you can follow the programs and everything. Anyway, the commercial that has caused the great angst is one in which a guy gives his fit looking wife a Peloton for Christmas and a lot of people are going how sexist Uh, just tell her she's fat and needs to get in shape and people are losing their minds that if you were a husband and you gave your wife an exercise bike for Christmas there could be no greater insult Mm -hmm. you buy that well, I have to admit, this is actually the first time I've fully seen And that was the not ad. the commercial. That was, that was a commercial. That I think was they've, a commercial. I think I've they've s- actually pulled the commercial. I've seen it because now screenshots of it have become a meme because she does not look happy throughout many parts of this ad. The ad does not undersell that uh, exercise, as you know very well, Scott Radley. Oh, your, your calves are looking magnificent. In, in my shorts, ready to go yes. to the gym after the show today. Uh, the ad does not undersell that it is grueling. So there are a lot of shots of her looking very, oh, I'm exercising. Um, but as far as the ad goes, I think that context could exist. I can understand that interpretation. However, the story itself as I see it in the ad, is she likes this gift. She wants an exercise bike. She probably owns a lot of other exercise equipment or has an expensive membership for a gym. And the husband's like, well, here's an expensive membership. You don't see it as sexist by itself. Because I look, to your point about not looking happy or looking... I go to the gym and I assure you that from the moment I set foot in the gym until I leave, I never look happy. I hate it. Yeah. It's apparently good for you, which is why I do it. I'm trying to extend my life. I don't look happy. And most of the people I see in the gym aren't looking happy. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. supposed to be happy when you're working out. Yeah, and and I to its credit, the ad does not uh, sell you on that, unlike all the other old ones where it's Chuck Norris looking great doing his whatever that, that thing was he used to do on the infomercials. Um, I can understand. I mean, there's a lot of ads where you catch little things that you're like, oh, that's just some old dated idea that got into the guy who wrote this his idea into his head um but the ad itself it, and again i haven't seen the full thing 
I could be wildly off the mark, but the ad itself does not strike me again instantly as being some sort of 1950s dated sexist. Because thing. a guy it's, gives his yeah. wife an exercise bike. To me, the I don't think it's a fair leap to immediately say he gave her an exercise bike. Therefore, and thus, he is telling her she's a fat cow, get in shape, woman. There's nothing like that in there. She look. Here's the other thing. These things cost like three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an argument I've seen made more often online. Actually, if I'm spending three grand on a present for my wife, chances are. She has had some input in this or has let me know that she wants this thing. Yeah. I'm not dropping three grand on a Christmas gift because, you know, we do our budgeting together. In fact, she runs all the money in our family. I'm I'm not buying a $3,000 gift for her to hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're really wealthy, this is one where she's probably said, hey, I'd really love one of those bikes. I My point is, well, I just, the immediate default position that we must find sexism, racism, whatever ism under every rock, it exists at times. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And it's, I think the argument could be made. It's maybe more prevalent than people would like to admit, but I'll let you finish. No, no. But but does it mean obviously that every single time there could be sexism that we should infer sexism? No. Uh, Now I will add a counterpoint to this uh, discussion about the ad. My counterpoint is... um, You could see the fitness culture in general. It does have, you know, it plays a different role uh, for women and femme people than it does uh, for men. It does. Uh, Men have a lot of men have a lot of pressure, which doesn't, you know, not get as much focus of, oh, you have to look this certain way, you have to look. But you know, it's still there's a little more wiggle room. It's the old standard of, you know, what is a woman supposed to look like? Uh, Appearances, and that is the more abstract issue. And I feel like that's where people are tying this together. They're saying this is yet again another commercial for fitness culture. Not hey, get in shape and feel good about yourself. It's because. This ad sells a product which is supposed to be super extreme, gym, all the time, go, go, go. And she already looks, you know, like she's at a a shape and a weight and a body that she's happy with. And she probably has something that, you know, probably has a weight collection, probably has a membership, does not need something extra intense. How, uh, so let's say that yeah. this co- commercial was flipped around. Let's say it was a wife in this commercial who bought this thing for her 350 pound husband Mm. would we look at this and say that is offensive that she is telling that guy that he has to get in shape because he's just too fat or would we say you know what no that's look she's trying to help him lose some weight and get in better shape and probably have a better life i think i think some people would call it on that first bit um but again you're you're describing a, a different scenario as well where the the guy in this uh, commercial is not what we would consider fit. Okay, so what yeah. if the commercial was if of a wife a buying a really fit like guy he's already a Peloton bike, would we say she's demanding he be even better? I think it would, I think that would Or would, would we say, look, she bought heads. a great present for him because obviously he's in shape. He's going to like having this bike. M- my point is not, look, I just, I don't understand, I don't understand the automatic default position that it must be sexist. Mm-hmm. I think what it is, is it is a sensitivity and I don't mean this in a negative way. I think it's a sensitivity uh, to more people trying to, to 
pay more attention, trying to find things. And so when they see it, and it's not necessarily people who are directly affected by the sexism we describe even, but people who see an ad and are like, hang on, is this something I should be more critical of? Should I think twice about this? When in reality, as you're saying, with a commercial, if it were flipped, we probably should be this critical, critical and question things more often than not. But no, we, we wouldn't necessarily. So is it always sexist then? Or should we always infer it as sexist any time a husband buys his wife a gym membership? Whether <laughs> she wants it, doesn't want it, is fit, isn't fit, is it always a default position that a man buying his wife a membership or some fitness equipment should be inferred as being a sexist jab that she is needing to be better? No, I do not believe it should be. See, and I don't agree with that either. And so I look at this commercial and I go, I don't see the sexism here. If the commercial was the woman saying, I don't want, I told you, I don't want an mm. exercise bike. And he goes, get on the bike. <laughs> We're talking about a different thing. Yes. She looks quite thrilled to have received this bike. Yeah. And yeah, she's excited. It's like a, like someone getting a video game system. It's the same sort of ad. Here's an incredibly expensive piece of machinery that uh, is connected to your interests. I, Would I ever get a Peloton? No. Well, I, uh, I, I just I might, lost my sponsorship. No, no. Listen, I've, <laughs> I, I've there are lots of things that I have tried in the gym and other. Th I just that I'm not good at. But you know what? If someone said to me, you know what, we'd like to give you something that'll make you healthier, I'm not going to infer that. That means you suck. You're out of shape. You're fat. Whatever. I, I would say, hey. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I'll try it. Or you could just resell the thing if you don't like That's it. That's true. Uh, now, we just have a, a moment left, and I know how busy ops can be behind the board, but uh, just for a second, could we get uh, Lorraine? Do you want to give your opinion on any of this, or are you uh, you busy? Because, I mean, again, we're Do you think it was sexist, Lorraine? Here. Well, I didn't see the commercial. Uh, uh, can't hear Lorraine. Oh, I can't. Oh, you, you can't. can't. Yeah, no. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm left out. <laughs> you didn't I didn't have see headphones the commercial. On. So you, so my idea is just that, you know what, I, we don't have to assume that it's sexist just because a woman gets a piece of exercise equipment. Yeah. What, from what you guys are describing, it doesn't seem like it would be mm. sexist. But you know what? Where are we in 2019 if not immediately offended by everything that could possibly offend us? That is, that's where we got to go. We've got to be there or we're missing all the fun. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Special guests in studio today, Will Erskine, who operates on many of the shows on this station. You hear his name pop up now and then. And rolling in fresh, and I mean fresh, from being at the lighting of the Christmas tree at Hope of Hope, uh, still with frozen snot dotting through his mustache. He smells like pine. Ben Strawn. A little chilly out there? Uh, a little bit. I'm still not feeling my feet. <laughs> no. How, yeah. how many hours were you outside there? I've been there since like 10.30 this morning. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. And was it fun? Oh, it was a blast. Excellent. Everything looks great. It's cold, but everything looks great. And it could have been a lot colder. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Some of the years, it has been much less pleasant to be outside for that period of time. I was there in the sideways snow for Remembrance Day and lovely event cold very very cold <laughs> how, how, how ironic is it that on remembrance day way earlier we have blizzard and today we have above zero and chilly but 
tolerable. Leave I, it to Canada. Leave right? it to Canada. I was playing like, oh, the weather outside is frightful. As the sun comes beaming into the <laughs> studio, illuminating Rick Zamperin like he's some sort of angelic figure. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is a real contrast. This well, is Canada. He is an angelic figure, he really. Is. Those who know him. And nobody... Uh, warned Ben or I or Lorraine ahead of time that today was ugly Christmas <laughs> sweater day. Will is wearing something that can best be described as super. Well, it's it's got <laughs> Super Mario, it's green, it's red, it's white, it's got pom-poms in delicate areas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, very uh, interesting placement, I got to say. Uh, it's, it is a sweater. So Will is fully into the spirit of the Christ- lighting of the Christmas tree of hope today. Uh, <laughs> let's move away from Christmas for a sec, although stick with the story downtown. And sorry, Ben, you missed the, um, the Christmas stuff, so you'll have to catch up here. But the city announced today or yesterday, but in the last 24 hours, that it has looked at roughly 30 potential locations in the downtown area to find a supervised injection site and has now found a place where it will set up a supervised injection site. The... Spin-off of this is a number of people are saying, I don't really want this right next door to my place. Are you a horrible person if you say, I don't want the supervised injection site next door to my business or my home or my apartment? I would not say a horrible person. Uh, I think probably someone who who wants to communicate more and could uh, receive more communication from the people who are setting up the injection site. I have a friend who... They haven't said where it is, by the way. They have They're not keeping given that quiet. Away. Okay. It's just everyone is saying, I don't want it where making I am. Making everyone nervous. You see, that's the thing, though. As you just said, everyone says they do not want it where they are. We don't want a su- something out in the boonies where no one can get to it or where people are more isolated. Uh, and some sites like this can be run, you know, fairly calmly. We all have the the instant knee-jerk reaction. We, we picture in our head, you know, a lot of stereotypes. A bunch about, of junkies coming in yeah, and out ex- to get their stuff. Exactly, and with that term, exactly. Um, however, I think a... a I don't want to call it a business. I can't think of a, a, a <laughs> it's not a business, a facility. Thank you. Thank you. A facility like this can be uh, integrated. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to, it, it, it's not necessarily something that will have the impact on a neighborhood that people uh, expect initially. And particularly because the idea of this location is that it is, you know, in a sideways way, uh, bettering. It's giving you an, an opportunity hopefully. to move on. Yes. O- hopefully. Ben, what do you think? I-, I think that, first off, I think it's a valid thing to say, I don't want this near my house. Part of that is, of course, the idea of drugs being by your house. If you don't want your children being exposed to something like this, I can see why that would be the case. But at the same time, a facility like this is something where your stereotypical drug addict would be someone who is, you know, disheveled and all of that. But part of that comes from the fact that they didn't get it. They're not able to get it safely. So here you're able to have a supervised location where it can be done safely. Where, so that way you're not having that kind of stereotype 
all over the place. And ideally, it's a place that also offers uh, therapy, um, different uh, different programs and opportunities to to wean yourself off of to to find a way out. I don't of think. Whatever I, well, I, I may misunderstand. I don't think it's that. It could be. I don't think it's that. I think it's mm-hmm. literally a place to go, and you can have clean needles and someone who's there to make sure you don't overdose and that kind of thing. I don't think that it's a get you off the stuff. But it's a launching pad for something like that. Because maybe you gotta start with something. You're not gonna start at a level ten facility where you got everything you could possibly want. And now here's the thing. When I said it, nobody wants this or everybody is saying it, they don't want it. I'm sure not everybody is saying this, but I can assure you that even a lot of people, if they won't say it out loud, if you own a restaurant downtown and you have people coming in and out to eat there, you're not really excited about the possibility that the site that has been chosen might be next door. So as people are coming in and out to go to your place, there are these guys and women wandering around. I mean, look, it's just, it's a reality. If you've invested a lot of money in a business and a lot of sweat equity and everything else, you want the neighborhood around you to be nice. And I can tell you, I can assure you there will be people who will be criticized if they come out and say, I don't want this here Mm -hmm. as being mean or as being unkind or whatever. I don't think that's fair. I think, and I, yeah, I, I, I thought that's where you were going with this. Scott is um, the general idea is more we, we should have an understanding for for that reaction because I think a lot of people who would be in support of it on paper, even if you said to them, okay, great, it's going in right here, if they saw it, well, that's two blocks away from my business, from my house, they still would have a knee-jerk reaction. Now, that doesn't mean that knee-jerk reaction should be followed through, but it means they need time to come to terms with this idea as well. It needs to be a, a public uh, discussion. And uh, as you say, we don't know much about this facility at the moment. Uh, I think, uh, as Ben was saying, the places can be used as launching pads. I have a friend who works in uh, a spot which has a portion of its building used for this. She works with people who come in to make use of the uh, safe injection site, and they do offer not necessarily programs in that location, but they offer the opportunity to engage in those programs off-site at another location. So that's how it works in some of the smaller areas. And again, this is all information people require, and their knee-jerk reaction, their worries, their concerns should be empathized with of in course the first they place. Should. We shouldn't shut the, down the conversation. Of course they should. I still find it interesting that people support, yet they rejected in a way they support this is a good idea but not by my house well i'll tell you why because i think there's a uh, the city has some work to do to explain one thing and to make one thing not a problem and that is safe injection sites and we had the local medical officer of health i believe it was her or some other doctor on here a while back they don't give the people the drugs the people have to bring their Mm -hmm. own drugs well, where if you are a dealer, if you're someone who's in that line of work and you know this is the place where the people are going to be using it, yep. you run the risk of having those people around and causing more problems. And so you say, well, simple then. Perfect opportunity for the police to come and catch those people. If the police suddenly show up, then none of the users are going to use this facility because they're going to know that the dealers are not here. I mean, you're you're going to have to find a way to make sure that you don't allow this neighborhood to become problematic Mm -hmm. and to convince the people who are also in that neighborhood that this neighborhood is not going to become problematic. It has to be done discreetly, I think is, well, I say going into a facility like this should be done discreetly because it would then discourage 
you know, you having a police officer just standing at the front door going, you got drugs on you? Cool. Come with me. That's no, right. We, if you have if you have the cops busting these people as they go in, mm. there is no point in having this facility at all. Yeah, as you just said, it's either uh, not uh, it's either not living up to the the standards of what they would want it to be, or it's not effective in helping the people that it would want to be in the way that it's meant to be. Um, the system itself would need to be altered. Yeah. We will see. We'll see. They don't. They haven't said where it's going to be yet. We will find out where it's going to be. We'll see what the response is. As I say, I think what's going to happen is uh, the people who are right around there, they may say, yeah, we're all for this, or they may bite their tongue a little bit because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be seen as not empathetic. And yet at the same time, if that's your place next door, I guarantee you they're going to be saying, how in the world did they choose here? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. This is a this is a pet peeve of mine, but it's been popping up left, right, and center. I want to hear if you guys have a thought on this one. You've have you heard about the America's Got Talent fiasco that's going on right now? Ish, so Gabrielle Union, Gabrielle yeah. Union, who is one of the judges, was apparently told she's not coming back next year, and she said it's because there were issues because she was calling out issues of things of racism and everything that she was uncomfortable with. I don't know what the full story is, but another one of the judges from last year, Julianne Huff, here's her quote. She says, uh, we need to start conversations and I commend Gabrielle for speaking her truth. I knew where this was going. Uh, headline for a story about Mitch Marner talking about Mike Babcock and what happened between him and Mike Babcock. Maple Leafs Mitch Marner encourages other NHLers to speak their truth. Alicia Keys was talking with Billboard magazine. I think artists have to speak their truth. A while back, it was Oprah who was big into the speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. What the heck is your truth? There is truth or there is your opinion. What is your truth? This doesn't even make sense to me. This is... the. What is, and Ben, I'll start with you, but this saying, this this cliche that we're starting to use now, speak your truth, what does that even mean? I will speak my truth, Scott, <laughs> and say I am very unhappy. What does that, like, as you say, what does that even mean? I find It's it your really opinion. Am- yeah, exactly. Your truth, your opinion. It, there's no difference between these kinds of things. But it's people wanting to go, my opinion, I speak the truth. Only I know the truth. And well, I will tell you. It's the truth at maybe as I perceive it. Exactly. But and that doesn't make it the truth. That doesn't make it the truth. Uh, look, I, I think that many people who have been witnesses to a car accident or something have seen something and they say, this is what I saw. And then you see a video av- of it afterwards and it's not exactly as I remember it. Well, then what you saw isn't truth. It's an opinion that was faulty. But I can't then say, well, my truth is my truth and therefore I'm sticking to it because it's the truth. No, it's not the truth. It's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're from a linguistic standpoint, that is the main issue. And that's I remember when this word started cropping up online. I remember being on blogs when it first, you know, started to pick up steam. And it came from a postmodern approach to to trying to understand that 
Like, you know, if if you said something or did something, you might have thought, oh, this is fine. Like, for example, everyone's position is equally valid. Everyone's or at least should be taken into account. It reminds me of uh, of a line from uh, uh, one of Kurt Vonnegut's novels, which was that you could take the most rational life form from one end of the universe and an equally most rational life form from the exact opposite end. You have them meet in the middle and they're going to find something to get in a fight over. Because the idea is your your experience shapes what your reality is, what your understanding of things are, and that is where conflict can arise. And in a lot of experiences, there can be something where, you know, people uh, uh, kind of perform their own mental backflips. They're rude. They're insulting. They do something that they might recognize as wrong, but then they already have talked themselves out of doing it. Whereas the person who was uh, their, their target, whatever it was, could step forward and say, hey, they were picking on me. I was being bullied in class. And the other person was like, oh, well, they need to, you know, lighten up, anything like that. And in that case, they could say, well, this person who did take offense, who, you know, feels you picked on them, they're speaking their truth. But again, as you say, at the end of the day, there is a truth. There is an actual experience. And this, I think, initially, the idea was to try but if to you say take you, into account. Okay, but if yeah. you say your truth, you yeah. are changing what the word truth means. Truth, the word truth means this is the not obj- not subjective. This is the mm-hmm. objective thing that happened or exists or whatever else. It's the correct understanding. The, well, and again, I'll use the example of a car accident. If you have a video of a car accident, you can see what the truth is of what happened. Now, even a video may not show you the full thing. You may mm-hmm. not see the traffic light. You may not see something that happened out in the... But that doesn't mean that you can make up whatever you think happened and say, that's my truth, and therefore that's equally valid. And I think it's recognition. It started as recognition of what you just said. Nothing is necessarily ever going to encapsulate exactly what happened. Life moves past us, and all you have are memories and subjective experiences. However, however, to your point, I, I am in agreement. The goal is to strive to understand precisely what happened as best as you can. Take in all the different perspectives, take them into account and find the closest thing to the actual truth. But do we truth. want a? Do we want to be a saying that everyone has a truth and the ult, I mean the 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 basis of this is everyone's truth is valid. Everyone gets to have their point and it's equally valid. Do is that really? what we want to have, because what happens then if I say, you know what my truth is? My truth is that black people are inferior to me. Does my truth then, do do I get to speak my truth and have it be taken as equally valid? Uh, No, I shouldn't. No. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be telling people, yeah, go speak your truth. I think that it kind of (laughs) falls into the whole alternative facts thing where it's like, no, 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 there's no alternate fact. It is true It's or fact false. or not true. Yeah. Exactly. Fact or not fact. Your opinion, your perspective can show how you feel about it, but I feel like this is identical to an alternative fact, your truth and an alternative fact. Well, that kind of falls into the same category. There's nothing truthful or factual about something that isn't. I don't know when we change. See, if you had said... Uh, go tell your story. Mm-hmm. Fine. That makes sense. That's fine. Go tell your opinion of what happened. Fine. That's absolutely... And you know, even when you swear someone in as a witness in court, they say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Well, y- yes. Uh, and again, that may be a, a, you know, sort of a weird thing because, again, you're speaking your opinion. May, that may be the wrong 
oath that is being asked. You swear to tell what you saw as best you can possibly recall it accurately mm. would be maybe a better way to say it. We may have been having the wrong oath for all these years that when you are sworn in that we're asking something that's impossible to ask someone. It could become the most wordy oath Well, ever. sure. Give it's it your so best pedantic. shot. <laughs> Do you think it comes ultimately just from people trying to recognize that a lot of the times uh, you allow a public story to exist without necessarily coming forward. Dis- you don't disrupt it. You bite your tongue on something that you know did happen. Maybe, but, but I think allow- I think what's happening is that we have decided that everybody's opinion is equally valid no matter what, and therefore we can't really say you're wrong, Will. <laughs> you know, you say you sit <laughs> now. The, like, yell all the time. No, but here's like there are different examples now. If you say my favorite band is. Uh, the Mountain Goats. Okay, I've never even heard Ooh. of them. <laughs> Thank you. And I say, no, Will, you're wrong. Well, no, you, that's your opinion. Yeah. There's no ability in any kind of rational discussion happening for me to to prove that you are not right. Mm-hmm. That That is your... You could say they are the best band in the world. How do I possibly argue rationally that you're wrong? That's your opinion, but that's not your truth. That's, it may even be your truth, but it's not truth. There's no way to know what that is. is to me, it's so complicated, but it's such a postmodern, you use the word, yeah. way to validate everyone when not everybody should be validated. And I think the two main points are, it's a buzzword. Yes. And most people are not putting the thought into it. And the Well, cons- it's an easy throwaway thing. Yeah, now. they're not putting the thought into it that you are. It won't necessarily have the consequences on our culture that we're discussing because I think it will become passe. It already oh, has started see, to. I, dis- I disagree. I think it's having huge... Oh, well, that's I think, your truth. No, Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think it's having huge consequences. When you have people like Oprah who are using mm. this as a buzzword all the time, Ben, people listen to Oprah and they go, yes, that's my truth. I get to speak my truth see my one question now comes from so what about when something is true to you how should you interpret that then well what if your truth is different from my truth whose truth gets to be the truth mine because i said so but and so that's no it's a very valid point you're being sarcastic but it's a very valid point because you now have two people with opposing views of truth who each insist that their view is right why would i possibly change my mind to your side if mine is truth and that's something i find very problematic with just in general nowadays is no one can go i reserve the right to change my mind when presented the like you know a new set of information. If that's my truth, truth is not changing, so I can't change my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that conflict that you two both acted out beautifully is why I do believe, I have, I guess, an optimistic point of view, uh, that that conflict leads to someone eventually realizing, well, let's investigate. Let's look into this. Let's find a way to weigh this. And you end up back at the point we started from a while ago, which is you can't just accept everything at face value. You do have to always ask questions. We all have to live like detectives and that's Maybe. the right way to approach it. I will say that uh, you truth. are the first person ever in the history of this show to quote Kurt Vonnegut on the show, which wow. is very good. I was wishing you were going to bring in Kieran or Soren Kierkegaard before <laughs> the end of the segment. Maybe a few other. We'll uh, save that for next time. A few others, but yes, we'll uh, we'll see. Next time Will is on, he will be quoting other philosophers and uh, <laughs> deep thinkers. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. If you're celebrating faux fur Friday, Ben has a faux fur hat on with him right now. Uh, if you're out there wearing a toupee, I guess that counts. <laughs> um, 
or a chest hair toupee or a back toupee or I whatever show you, you like. All of those, if uh, you want. There's a couple names for those things. <laughs> a merkin. Or yeah, there's the there is there is another name for for toupees in different areas that um, I, I I'm assuming only actors or actresses wear, but. Um, <laughs> Because I can't figure out why you would ever have a need for it otherwise. It's but a good time to think do harder. No, okay. Uh, let me give you your qu- before we go to the quiz question. Uh, as I said, this is the uh, last show for a couple of weeks leading up to the Christmas week. Going to be on vacation, so um, uh, we will talk to you in, as I say, in two weeks. So lots of good stuff coming up in the meantime. Don't don't change the dial if you're. In fact, right now. Snap the dial knob right off the radio so you can't change mm-hmm. it off CHML. We we encourage that with all radios. If you're in your car, just shove a screwdriver or something into the radio to make it locked on to CHML. That's yeah, that's pull our pull over first. That's our advice always. Um, and Ben, thanks for coming back from Christmas Tree of Hope and thawing out. It was fun. Uh, Will, thank you for coming in or sticking around. You were already here for forever. Both of you guys worked hard today. Thanks for doing this. You're sure. welcome. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.